0: What you're trying to say is the chances of becoming wealthy are easier in real estate than they are in
1: investing or starting your own business. For the overwhelming majority of people, they will be better off if they buy a home, they pay it down, they live in it, and then the retirement years, they'll be able to still survive and not be homeless. As opposed to the dream that I'm going to invest in this certain way, and I'm going to get this much out of the S&P, and that's going to pay for this, and then I can afford to do this Why can't you do both? Why can't you do both? You should do both. You 100% should do both. But let's simplify. I'm a simple person. We need to stop the lies to people that you're going to become Warren Buffett with your investments. You're not. Welcome to the Tom Story Show with Steve Karish and Tom Story, where we discuss everything real estate or whatever else is on our minds. this is coming out like quick man yeah like like right now okay this is the the most on date i think we've ever been for an episode so you we are recording so you may want to cut that part no, some people need to know that we put stuff in the can because Tom's story goes on too many vacations. And We'll get work. to my vacation. We'll get to my vacation.
0: Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Tom story show. Uh, me and Steve, yes, we did call each other this morning. We said, I'm going to wear my hat. Are you going to wear your hat? We wanted to be matchy-matchy. Uh, we appreciate you being here if you're watching us on YouTube and you have not already hit that like button and the subscribe button. We'd appreciate it if you did that. Steve, you got something to say? Yeah, I said, I'm going to wear
1: my best hat. And you said, screw you. I'm going to wear my worst hat. So <laughs> you're wearing your worst one. I'm wearing my Wadi Way. Shout out, Daryl Wadi. And just to keep it in the real estate family kicking butt here, I also brought, Ray Estrella bought me this mug. And it's one of those, I've never actually seen the movie, but it's like one of those always be closing uh, yeah. things. You've never seen know. Glen Gary, Glen Ross? I've never seen it. All I know is something about coffee is for closers. So I have my coffee is for closers mug today, and I look like I should I, be in 100 Mile House, British Columbia. Can we, for the
0: people that are listening, not watching? Steve has a like my mustache certainly
1: ain't great. Yours is real creepy. It's coming down the sides a little bit. Yeah. Um, well, so this is the mistake people make with mustaches is they don't let them curl down enough, and then they you end think up. think That's a mistake. Yeah, you gotta have them curled down a little bit. Otherwise, they you end up looking French, like Tom Story does. Right I now. didn't get to shave the sides this morning, so it's not as creepy. And your camera quality is better than mine today, but uh, mine's coming along. You look along. like, you, look like you should be in a in a, a cafe in Paris, except for that silly hat you're wearing. Okay, but just for the listeners, Steve has a mustache. He basically
0: looks like he just came back from like hunting elk or something. That's what. You-
1: <laughs> One hundred mile house. I told you. <laughs> Is that what they do in in that area? Oh, it's what they do everywhere. Yeah, Quinell, Williams Lake, Prince George, Vanderhoof. Let's do the whole tour of BC. I look like I am from further north in BC than I really am. Steve,
0: I have a list of things that we are going to discuss today that I don't know how we're going to pack into an hour, but we're going to try. Um, But I want to start with a few things. The first thing is that fixed rates haven't yet really started coming down, but the bond yields have on the five-year. Do you anticipate that now soft landing or do you think yeah whatever it's just it, mm, it's, I have it's no instead idea, of a
1: 6% man. rate it's a 5.8% rate who cares move on I have day. no idea I'm more interested to find out if you fully locked in before the uh have you locked in yet have you cuz they started coming down you were like I think I'm going to sign my 3 year and then like a day later Nolan put out a video <laughs> saying don't sign a 3 year and then uh, and then the day later, the mortgage rates all started coming down for insured products, not for uninsured products. Which I have an uninsured product, so it wouldn't have really made a, a difference to me
0: at the moment. Um, I did, against Nolan's advice, take a three-year fixed rate. Okay. I'm immediately regretting it. I actually think if I had any real... You know, let's go back to Glen Gary, Glenn Ross, right? It's like... Brass Balls, right? That's part of that movie. It's not on the cup. Ray didn't put that part on the cup. You got to watch the movie, Anyways. I'm I'm looking for it. Keep going. Uh, If I had any real conviction that I was going to be right this time because I was so wrong last time, I probably would have taken just an open variable slightly higher because I do anticipate rates are going to come down next year. But I did a lump sum payment. I got the payment down. I know for the next three years, what my mortgage is going to be. I'm okay with it. I can afford it. It's not over-leveraging me. Yes, I could have shopped around a little bit more, blah, 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 blah,
1: blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. It,
0: yeah, says it, right missing.
1: There. it says missing, and then it's got a couple of balls there. So is <laughs> that what that is? Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. it's on there. All the swear words are on this cup. Thank you. Are they? Yeah.
0: So I did. I locked into a three-year fixed, but I also did a pay down for what I was allowed to do on my renewal. Um, and interestingly enough, and this goes back to a lot of, we were talking about, but it was more of a hunch is, you know, I had a significant, because of the pay down and from my first year of the mortgage, I I had gotten the amortization down a bit. Um, they were very happy to just be like, do you want to go back to 30 years or do you want to stay where you are? So, Mm -hmm. And that's conversations people are having every single day. And that's not going to help you long term. Look at the amortization. Look how much more money it's going to cost you if you keep pushing it out. Um, but these banks so are out? Did I didn't. Oh, okay. You didn't yeah. push it out. But I could, could have easily re- done it. Well, because I did the lump sum, it you know, if I didn't do the lump sum, I maybe would have but that wouldn't have made a difference. I'd be pushing it back a year. Like it wouldn't have changed much, mm. right? Mm. So here's here's where I'm at lower. so far in my my short mortgage history. I won on my variable rate for seven years. and mm-hmm. the last two years of the variable, I really won. Really won. I have lost on my fixed rate. Well, I guess the variable that then you know didn't look very good. Let's say I'm seven years in the good and I'm three years in the bad. So I'm still coming out ahead, and that's my final
1: answer. Thank you. I'm gonna justify this in any way I possibly can to feel better <laughs> about my decision. You want me to justify it? The first few properties no, I bought, I went think. Up you should so just
0: mu- be happy with what you did. Went so much up in value that I took the equity from them, bought the house I actually wanted. It helped me do all these things in my life. I have a certain level of financial freedom. By no means can I just not stop like I can't I can't stop working, but yeah, you know, I can. It's okay. No, that, <laughs> that mortgage, yeah. But <laughs> your
1: house is beautiful too, by the way.
0: Well, thank you. And and again, it's not a huge house, but it's an area we really wanted to be, and all these things lined up, and and the real estate market was very good to me for a long time, and it's okay, and I'm happy where I am, and I like my house, and my family likes my house, and I have a kid now, and things are different, so so that's my full telling you why I locked into a three year fix. Cause I just don't care next three years. I know what my payment is. It's all good. I'm happy with it, but rates probably will go down in the meantime.
1: <laughs> you're Probably also going to tell yourself you're happy with your hockey team at the moment,
0: right? You know what? This episode's coming out. Well, very much after we recorded like today. it today. Yeah. Well, yeah, but, but this is, as this episode comes out on YouTube, the Toronto Maple Leafs will be playing a game. I think they have an 8 a.m. Eastern game on Sunday morning
1: because they, they're they're in Sweden right now. Oh, really? No, so, I didn't even follow So listen anymore. to the podcast. All I did was, go check out the score I, after. Somebody put something out about the Canucks, and they're like second from the top in the league or, or in the West right now or something, and I'm like, man. But the, but the Leafs beat them 5-2. I was at that game. Oh, before. man. I took my kids to um, – We won like this charity auction thingy for a Vancouver Giants game. Mm-hmm. My kids thought they were at the Canucks. It worked out perfect. They were like $20 tickets, and my kids were like, they went to school on Monday, they're like, we went to see a Canucks game. I am like, yes, you did, honey. We can go see another one anytime you want. you can put VR on them next and tell them they're at Disney World? They thought they were at the Canucks game. I didn't tell them any different. And to be honest let's the whl is pretty close to nhl level so i mean yeah, it's, it's just good. not the it's truth pretty, at all it is it's probably fun yeah. to watch but it's nowhere close to level you know what else is going on when this comes out we are the warm-up show for gray cup so go check yourself out a Grey cup tom story that is the number one canadiana of all time you have never had a better time than sitting in the spirit of edmonton at any gray cup with a bunch of 55 year old guys drinking Coors light it is that look exactly like steve looks right now that I would assume. <laughs> so true <laughs> uh, i'm gonna be one of those guys anyway it's a great time go to a great cup great cup is vancouver next year you should come to that you know toronto went like they lost
0: like two games this entire year in the cfl and then lost to montreal in the eastern finals got like pumped mm-hmm. so I you never team know team. i watched your team lose i also watched uh, my team lose yeah, well, there we go. Both our teams have lost. I also took a little bit of a hiatus. I went to Saint Lucia, mm-hmm. and Saint Lucia? it's a beautiful island. Where is Saint Lucia? I don't know. I have to pull up. <laughs> you were
1: just you. there. You didn't Here's what I know. Gap.
0: I know. Well, I know it's a five-hour direct flight from Toronto going there, and a five and a half-hour flight coming home. So it's it's okay. further than Jamaica. It's a beautiful island. Um. And the main reason that I went down, and this is how this connects back to real estate, we did turn it into a family trip. But for the first few days, uh, for any of my golf people here, which I am not one of, by the way, I play golf like once a year, um, they're opening this new course under the Cabot brand. And for everyone that's really into golf, you'd know what Cabot is. Um, They started in the East Coast, and now they're opening up several different locations. And one of them is Cabot St. Lucia. So I went and played Cabot St. Lucia before it officially opened. And the reason this ties back to real estate is because they are building houses on the course, beautiful luxury houses. And they wanted us to see what they looked like and they look beautiful. And but this is not going to be an investment. This is like, oh, that's my third property. And you know, this is, this is big time, big time money, what these are going to cost. But they're, you know, again, I'm not a golfer. But you're like hitting the ball over the ocean on every hole. It's like the most gorgeous thing ever. So I'm happy I went. Good.
1: Got yeah. a little vacation in there, eh? A little family vacation too.
0: And well, then we made it a vacation. Then a few days later, wife and kid flew down and then uh, and we stayed for a little bit longer. And but you know what? And this is like this is not a complaint, okay? Because we're not allowed to complain as Canadians. It was so hot outside. And then when you went into your room with air conditioning, it was so cold that at night you felt like wet. It was like damp wet.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So that's my only uh, feedback. Other than
1: that, beautiful island, very nice people, and we had a great time. Ah, welcome back, Tom. Story. Thank Guess you. what? <laughs> what? While you were gone, absolutely nothing happened. <laughs> you missed nothing. You picked the best month of all time, or the best week, or whatever you, however long you were gone, to be gone from real estate because. It is deadsville out there. Nothing's going on.
0: Nothing's yeah. happening. Because things it's are happening. kind of happening for us. They're
1: kind of happening. I mean, nah, it's plugging along. I mean, it's not like, oh, I got to go get my uh, second job now. Right? Like, that's not what's happening. Uh, for for you, maybe. but for some There are, is. actually, there are. Uh, we did like an office meeting type thing and the pessimism there was, was great. The agents that normally like in a good market sell only a few homes are definitely Doing considering too. giving up their licenses. Yeah. I mean, that's, but that's
0: the market we're going to be in for at least the next 24 months probably in terms of sales volume probably won't be as slow as it is right now, but sales volume wise, that's, it's just going to be like that for a while. It's not going to change. What is going to go on Tom's story? well, Here's my thought and I'm and I've slowly started to put together my 2024 real estate predictions for the city of Toronto I'm not going to announce them on this show because I don't want to let you know I'm wrong yet I'd rather find that out halfway through next year um, but I'm looking at the numbers I'm trying to figure out where things are at and uh, I would assume at some point I put out another video on my channel going over my 2023 predictions it will probably be called something along the lines of I was wrong again. <laughs> I
1: guess I was wrong,
0: but we don't get to, we don't get to revise our, uh, our predictions every quarter, like every other bank and economist and, and every other place that puts out predictions. But, uh, but I will say, so Um, the inventory level in Toronto has actually slowly gone, gone down from the high that we saw in September um, across most asset classes. Mm-hmm. And you've seen the similar.
1: Yeah, it peaked. Yeah. uh, Inventory has peaked for sure. Um, but sales are I mean, sales are above last year, lower than last month. We're just trudging along here. Right? We got we got uh listings hitting the market and people are booking their showings for the weekend. Like they're hitting on a Tuesday and like I'll be there on Saturday. Because they know it'll still be available. They're not they're not pushing through, right? Um, which is crazy cause we actually still get, I mean, we went into multiple offers on something, although probably underpriced, um, we sold unconditional, uh, the other day for our buyer, our buyer didn't get it. Um, the wave of people wanting to go subject to sale is, uh, it's just terrible because people don't realize the subject to sale thing. Like <clears throat> when you're doing the numbers, you're probably going upwards of 10 or 15% in the wrong direction. Because you think you're going to get that 1.4 house, let's call it, for 1.3, and then you right. think you're going to sell your, uh, let's call it a townhouse, uh, for 950, and it's really an 850. And then when you do the math, that one four house sells for 145, and then you're, you know, you get your 850, you're a quarter million dollars in the wrong direction from the math you thought you were going to get. So you have to, and, and, and not to mention the risk that comes along with in this type of market buying first, right. right? So that's why they didn't want to go subject to sale, but then you always ask those people. So you want to go subject to sale. Cool. Um, here's the problem with that. When your property comes to the market and you have two offers on your property, which one, one you is subject take? to sale, one is not subject to sale. You're going to accept the subject to sale, right? And they're like, obviously not. And I'm like, yeah, so why are you going into multiple offers on this other property only to drive up its price, right? So we really, and it's not one person. It's most it's of our clients life. right now are are looking at like, well, well can't we do subject to sale? I'm like, you can try. But I don't think, one, you're realistic on the, the place you would want to buy is one of the ones that's going to go into multiple offers. The Your place, you're still holding on to June peak numbers which isn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're about to make a bad decision if this all does work. And what are the chances that it does work is almost none. So having that conversation is really tough right now because, you know, people have pride and and they also they also have an idea of what they think they want to be able to do, and it's often not reality.
0: Of the 58, is that where you're at for listings 5800? I think we're right around. I haven't checked today, but yeah, we're we're just coming off of 6,000. Okay, so of the 6,000, what percentage of active listings do you think are priced correctly? Are saleable inventory of those 6,000?
1: Wow, well, there was 980 sales this month or something like that. Okay. So, you know, it's I think the consumption rate when it came out from the board last month was 14%. 14%. So that's, so, so th- that's the ones that...
0: But there could have been new listings that listed that are priced correctly just haven't sold yet, right? But will will sell. But mm-hmm. yeah, if it's a monthly thing, then sure. So 14%. Okay, so 14% of it was saleable inventory in the last 30 days. Now, have you noticed that the new listings coming out are actually the ones selling and the stale stuff is just continuing to be stale? Yeah. Or is the stale stuff
1: readjusting totally. and it's the new stuff. It's not the a new... lot of price reductions not a lot of price reductions people just holding on which means there's not desperation which is there's weird. just wishful right. thinking mm. Um. so generally the ones that are still oh, I mean this is always this is such a broken record the good stuff sells quickly and shocker, the people yeah, that, that are aspirational sit on the market forever and that's what they're going to continue to do over the next little while. Like there's I lots guess. coming to the market, which is great. That's what we need. Now it's starting to come off, which could be bad. Interest rates are slightly adjusting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's a it's a very regular market. I think
0: we are we have passed so those those two rate hikes that happened in the summer. I think now enough time has passed that there's been enough sales that I think buyers and sellers can now look at something and understand what it's worth. And I think for a few months after those two rate hikes, people didn't really know. Because when sales volume is down so low, it's like, well, there was one sale on my street over there that happened two months ago. Well, what's my house worth? This episode of the Tom Story Show is brought to you by Realty Ninja. Hey, real estate agents, I bet you didn't get into the real estate industry to try to become a web developer. Realty Ninja will help you build a beautiful website for your business without becoming all techie, because me and Steve are certainly not techie. They'll set up your entire site for you. They'll migrate the content from your current site and they'll take care of all the back end switching the domains. All the things that you don't want to do, they'll take care of for you. Their team of in-house designers will make your new site match your current brand and help you stand out from your competitors. Best of all, Realty Ninja offers a free unlimited trial that lets you build out your website and they do not charge you until you're ready to launch. That's right, they're so confident in their product. And that you're going to love the website that you build with them. They will not charge you until it's ready to launch. They don't even take your credit card details. Listeners of the Tom Story Show will not only get an unlimited trial before you launch, but if you go to realtyninja.com Tom, you will get 20% off your first year after you launch a beautiful functional and professional website is absolutely a must in today's real estate landscape and realty ninja delivers so go to RealtyNinja.com slash tom for 20 percent off your first year that's realty slash tom and now back to the podcast there's not enough data to look at and i find i think we're at the point now where we're getting things done and I, have you noticed this too like most sellers i'm talking to are kind of like yeah okay We can see that that one's been sitting for 60 days, so of course it's priced wrong. Yeah, Yeah. Let's undercut that one, and and let's be the next one that sells. And that one sitting there could actually help us because we look... Mm. Now, is there this grand thing? Maybe I'm thinking too big here. Me and you every week are talking about how the market's changed, and it's not as robust for sellers. The news is reporting that the Canadian real estate market is in hibernation mode. Mm-hmm. Every other negative person online is saying the negative things that they say online regardless of market conditions. The seller, potential seller, hears this and goes, well, actually, maybe this isn't a good time to sell. So you think everything being so negative is actually stopping more inventory from coming to the market? Oh, yeah. You think
1: so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the the negativity in the market, right? People only want to sell when the prices are going up. Mm -hmm. Motivation is low, though. I'm seeing like super low motivation by everybody. I just don't see, I thought we would see um, people missing payments and stuff now. And it's just not, from what I'm seeing, like there's no, I get no panic selling calls. I do get the like, why are you talking to me? Like my spidey sense goes up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but people are, people are still able to recover. Because think about this. When something goes into, let's say, it's going to go into foreclosure, there has to be negative equity there. Mm. So as soon as, if like, nobody's going to, even if you, let's say you bought at the top of the market, you dumped in your 20%. If there's still your 20% in that home, let's say it's now 5% left, right? You lost 15%. You still can sell and get out. Mm -hmm. You just don't like it. You don't want it. You're not getting foreclosed. Right right? Your your bit comes off the top first. The banking isn't taking the hit first. It's not like you get your 20% back. So as long as there's that buffer and there's a huge buffer. Yeah. There's a massive buffer except for maybe some people that bought with 5% down in February of 2022. So there's a lot of people being saved out of this market. I think though that most of
0: the pain is that where we can't see it right now. And what I mean by that is, it's properties not on MLS. Okay. It is mostly in my market, it's those condo assignments. <sighs> it's condo not on Assignments
1: are stupid. Well, uh, condo regardless stupid, of if you
0: think they're stupid or not, they are only selling if they're taking a massive loss these days. And the new condo launches coming out is funny. We, we had a presentation on a brokerage, Sean, uh, Hill, the brand from urban nation, who's phenomenal by the way, did this presentation and he was showing like in, uh, I think it was yeah Q3 of, of this year, the top condo project, the top 10 launches first for, for what actually sold percentage of sales yeah. and number 10 on the list was like 6% sold and made the top 10 list. So here's, what's happening. Developers aren't launching because their projects aren't selling out right away. See it later. likes my little thumb. How did that happen? Again? I have no idea. Thumbs up. Uh, I'm sorry. Investors are not buying at the same rate that they were before, right? Some projects that have launched and sold will be canceled. It's already started to hap- to happen. More will mm-hmm. happen, right? Cause the environment's not very good right now, but it's interesting and he was showing just basically like it's, It is crazy how low in which that we are developing these new properties and bringing them to the market. And at this point, it's like, well, what are you going to do? Because the developers don't want to sell. They're not going to make any money. People aren't buying. Numbers don't make sense. They're not going to cash flow. 54% of investors right now for condos are negative cash flow. And on and on and on and on. And all these things that we know, if immigration numbers are even half of what they are right now, in 10 years, we are screwed.
1: We are screwed. I think we're screwed in three years. Didn't I you say, know. was it, did you hear from Ben Tal? Like, didn't you say yes. like, that was like, he was like, oh God, here it comes.
0: Yes. So, I mean, he's a more optimistic economist than a lot of them, but Ben Tal sent us a video message in the morning and then Sean did, did the next hour after that. I actually wrote down a few things that Ben said. Um, it is actually interesting. This is a statement he made. This is not a correction; it's a healthy adjustment. Now, then, in Sean's presentation, spin that, Ben. Spin it, spin it, spin it. <laughs> but depends on. I mean, he's looking at general macro numbers, right? If he also you look,
1: at a thesaurus and is looking up different
0: words that are more positive. <laughs> ChatGPT will do that for you these days. <laughs> Um, uh, but, but then it was looking at, okay, I've lost my train of thought now here,
1: Steve. He just totally put ben, it off. Uh, Ben tell talking oh, okay. about, Okay, from
0: adjustment. the peak of the market till today for the GTA, we are down 16%. Mm. I mean,
1: that
0: to me is a correction. It's a correction.
1: Yeah, right. Fine. Uh, a few other from things that he said, pending that everybody bought at the peak of the market where less than right. however many thousand sales there were at the peak of the market. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, So versus that one month of time and absolute craziness before the rates started going up a million times, we're down 16%. Okay, another thing that he said is that, because one of the questions that somebody asked was, what do you think, if Bank of Canada starts seeing that there's all these foreclosures, will that make them more rapid on bringing rates down sooner than we expected? Mm -hmm. And the very simple answer was, no. It is inflation first. That's what they care about first. Housing market is a very far second. So inflation and then housing market. They do not care until the inflation numbers are under control. Now, what he also said is that he thinks they've gone too far. Okay. Which I guess historically they do in, in both directions, right? Yeah, yeah. And that the first cut won't come when inflation's at 2%. They might actually do it before that, but they might have to see 2.5% for a little bit of time, mm-hmm. and they'll start cutting before it fully gets to that bottom. Um, so that's coming from the chief economist of CIBC, what he thinks. Um, mm-hmm. And it was su- it was just a super interesting way of looking at things. Um and he thinks that uh, uh, June or July 2024 is the first 25-point cut going downwards. He believes that they
1: are done. <clears throat> okay. So I saw – I wish I would have taken a picture of it. I uh, was at a presentation. I saw a slide. And it went backwards. So they took all of the five major banks and they took their interest rate predictions mm-hmm. for the – end. So they that question was – and it was the same question every time. What do you think – the overnight rate will be at, at the end of 2023. So let's call it a month from now. Okay. They surveyed those people this last September. Okay. All right. And the end, and what do you think the overwhelming answer was? Sorry,
0: September, like a few months ago or September the like, year before? Like a month and a half, two months ago. Yeah. I think
1: overwhelmingly they would have said it's going to stay where it is. Yeah. 5%. Yeah. Right. Cool. Yeah. Then let's go back to the beginning of 2023. So let's call it nine months before that. We were at 4.25. Same 5? question. And in, in a year from now, where do you think it's going to be?
0: So we we're we we're at four point two five when we started this year, right? We've had three yeah. twenty five points since then. Yeah.
1: Oh, maybe maybe five and a half. They were four and a half to four seven five. Okay, so less. Okay. Right. So less. Then, let's go back one year before that, the beginning of 2022, before the rate hike cycle. Now, this is all five official Canadian big banks putting out their statement with all the economists they have, with all the smart money people, and let's face it, you, me, dumb, people in the comments, dumb. (laughs) Hopefully, uh, viewers not commenting are actually the smart people, just so everybody knows. And let's... Be realistic here. All of those smart money economists, guys, all of them. Okay. So, can I guess where was, and I'm going to say the average. I will give you the average of at the time. What they thought the overnight 40%. rate was going to be at the end of this year. So, let's call it uh, beginning of 22 to end of 23. It was still before the first hike. So, okay, it, so was it was at 0.25, 20- 0.25 when they answered this.
0: Yeah. I think they probably said two to two and a half percent overnight rate
1: they all all said 1.5 to 1.75 <laughs> so those are the big smart bank economists people that know a lot more about money than you and i do but just and to they be fair so are wrong
0: beginning of 2022 inflation
1: was not what it was three months later way higher at the beginning of 2022 Beginning of 2022, inflation was transitory. Remember, it was like eight and a half percent, and everybody was like, "Oh, what's going on? Oh, this is five and a half percent." Was that, that core inflation inventory. at that time? Was that core inflation that number? No. Do you expect me to have a proper memory? I'm just saying that was transitory time. That was oh, this is going to go away on its own. We don't. I need thought we were going to get that on a T-shirt originally for this show. Remember. What's that? I thought hundred percent finance was going on a TV. Well, that that absolutely that should. You do. know what I was thinking? A white mug like this with the big blue dot on it would be fun. We could sell those we're or give them away. Beg right? people to take them from us. <laughs> as long together. as they pay for shipping, <laughs> they'll get them for free. <laughs> totally. So I'm just saying, like trying to guess that is is absolutely foolish. Now, if you would have told me at that time, and if you would have told all those economists at the beginning of 2022 that interest rates were going to go from which is the five-year fix at that time to now six and a quarter on a five-year fix for an uninsured product i would have told you that the market would slash in half Mm -hmm. and the market dropped in my market i'm going to comment on my market detached homes dropped 25 to 30 percent and now has recovered half of that Mm. let's call it 15 percent back I would have never thought in a million years that you could triple interest rates and keep home prices within 10% of the peak. But there's three main reasons for that,
0: why they why it didn't do what it should have done. One, extended amortization on variable rate mortgages. Two, people that had to renew getting it pushed back, the banks allowing them to do that. And three that's still at this moment in time less than half of Canadians have felt the new mortgage rates
1: yeah but everybody buying has yeah not only is everybody buying they're feeling two percent above that but the people that that's are renewing misread. are essentially buying they're buying they're buying their own house but nothing's changed and they're paying more money right? Yeah, but if values are going to come down, values are likely going to come down because the buyer is not willing to pay as much, right? Whatever you're doing on your mortgage doesn't really matter today because it's just floating around. And sure, if you get stressed out, you may flood to the market and have more sales. But realistically, the buyers are still buying at those rates and everything seems to be... I mean, chugging along, not bad, all things considered. Well, I mean, there's
0: never been a month where no sales happen. Things are happening, but at a at a histori- way below the 10-year average, that's for sure, right? Yeah, which I think is actually a good thing, right, for a while. It'd be more We're shocking if it, if it was above the 10-year average or even close based on everything that's happened. That would kind of be more concerning. Like, how is this being propped up at this point?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's... I mean, what are you seeing though? Because like, when I'm talking to people, like the qualifications are just it's crazy. People are just blown away, right? Like I don't have I don't have the people that are affording the one and a half million dollar homes, right? Like most of our clients are the six hundred thousand dollar condo purchase.
0: Well, I mean, our people that are buying the one and a half million dollar homes are uh are not first time home buyers. Yeah, they're rolling over, right? Right. They had the condo that they made three hundred grand
1: in equity from. So I just did this number for our coach and uh interesting stat is only 10 percent of our listings buy on the other side what do they do well there's estates there's moving out of town there's investors there's uh uh, moving to an old folks home there's like i said getting out of town going to alberta going to so you're saying buy
0: with you you're saying buy with you and your market on the other side, not buy
1: somewhere on the other side. Correct. They don't okay. sell. So 90% of our listings that we take in a year, which is, you know, 40, 50 listings, so 60 in a good year. The, they will sell uh, and they will not ha- our team will not generate a a buy side of business from those same people. And that to me is like, well, if one, it was like I'm looking at my business going like, oh, this is not nice, not happy family, like, just yeah. looking for another bedroom, right? Like this is not, that's not maybe, what- But
0: maybe it just means some of your clients are more mature uh, in terms of age. That Maybe. I feel like my clients are stuck. But I feel what, like- so What are they doing though? If, if 90% of them aren't rebuying in your marketplace-
1: Well, last time I checked, 100% of people die. So that's like, that part, that part is a big, it's a big amount of that. Maybe that just means your business is is mostly estates, investor sales, or older people. But all the people that are like my, let's call them my friend group, right? Let's call them the 35 to 50 year old. I don't have a friend group. Is that what you're trying to say? (laughs) Yeah. But like, let's, like, my core sphere of influence, like those people, I sold them a townhouse 10, 15 years ago. And, and when they're selling they, it, where are they going? They're not selling, man. They're making it oh, work. I see. Okay. So they're like they're making that thirteen hundred square foot not ideal for a family of four, a little tight. Bedrooms upstairs are tight. You know, only two bathrooms. They'd like two and a half. They'd love a double car garage. They're making it just work. Right. Right. And they're not happy because guess what? Their mortgage payments are going to go up because they've renewed twice already. Good news is they they owe not less. that much. Right. But when they go to requalify, let's say, for instance, you're a sixty thousand, seventy thousand dollar income, you and maybe your wife are both working at that rate. You go to re-qualify and you're like, oh, you can qualify for a hundred grand more than you currently. Well, you're not moving from a townhouse to a detached house with a hundred grand. No, you're doubling your price. And that's really what's making it super tough. So
0: Okay. So there is two big things that have happened. That we haven't had an opportunity to discuss. Well, oh, I have a big one too for a BC one, but keep okay. going. Okay. So let me start with what's <clears throat> going on in the States.
1: Oh, I am Did
0: you just mute yourself? Okay. You're muted right now, in
1: case you don't know. Ah, uh, there we go. We're back. Okay. I right. said I'm gonna make a note to bring up the BC thing. Because okay. I'm stuck. I'll get in.
0: I'll get I'll get right to it. We'll we'll do this and we'll get right to I it. I have Dory's memory, so keep going. <clears throat> <laughs> All right, Um, so Cole's notes here. There was a class action lawsuit in the States against the National Association of Realtors, also known as NAR, um, which is an association that to be a realtor, like in the realtor, to call yourself a realtor, you have to be a part of this organization and several other large brokerages. Now, a few of them settled early um, and got out of it. I think a lot of people thought like, oh, this case is pretty weak because the case was essentially that there was a collusion in some way to keep commissions high. And the main issue was the way that the seller, I know you're shaking your head, but here's, but listen, Steve, they won. So we have to acknowledge that they won, and then we'll go to what this means in the future. So they won that case and everyone that's saying, well, the contract is clear. It showed that wasn't the case. The case was just the, the industry in general was finding ways to keep the commissions higher by making sure that the seller has to pay commissions. I know you're shaking your head, but let's just get to it. Okay. Now, T- Steve, the damages awarded were over $1.5 billion Okay, to this class action. This was just in one state. The jury took two hours. And by the way, I'm paraphrasing, paraphrasing from Byron Lazine because he did a great job reporting on this from BAM. Go check it out if you want to see. He did a live stream right after they announced it. Really, really good. They took two hours and 28 minutes to make their decision unanimously. Okay, so their their minds were made up. Now, we can go in any direction we want to go with this. Okay, either they were right, we're in the, we're in the real estate industry, so whatever Tom and Steve say is going to be biased about this. The best take I've seen on this is this. This comes directly from Jared James. Have you seen, have you seen Jared speak before? No idea who that is. He's a real estate coach in the States. Um, yeah. Anyway, so he came out. And said, like, yes, you can all have your opinions about this lawsuit, but it has taught us one thing who you hire matters. The plaintiffs spent a lot of money on the top lawyers they could get. And I think the real estate industry, NAR included with everybody else in there, was ba- their defense was like, guys, this is common sense. Look at the contract. We're not mm-hmm. doing anything to collude anything. But we're kind of like, again, I wasn't in the courtroom. They're like dismissive in a way that, like, listen, just. Use your common sense. Like this, there's no way that this is what's happening. And they probably had their own, you know, attorneys that obviously didn't do a good enough job arguing their case. And if you put anything from anybody in the hands of eight people or however big the jury was to make a decision, anything could happen. And what's interesting is his takeaway from all this is who you hire matters. So you can hire anybody you want, you can hire a realtor that charges basically nothing. You can charge a realtor that hires a flat uh, has a flat fee. You can hire a full service realtor. But who you hire matters. And I thought like that was the biggest takeaway. Now, that was one state. Since that lawsuit was won by yeah, the plaintiffs. 49 other states. <laughs> there's a lot more lawsuits. And there was one in Canada in 2019 that could pick up steam again. Uh, you know, we'll report on this when we think there's something more to say. Um I think it was the wrong decision in the way that there's there was never a training I was ever a part of that told us how to keep our commissions high. That's rarely ever talked I don't about. I'm not going to do with keeping, keeping commissions high, though, Tom. That was like, well, but, but that, okay, that's the Canadian one. In the States, the, the outcome, if you look it up, was that the real estate world and NAR colluded to keep commissions high. That's what they won on.
1: I would have to read it. My understanding is they don't feel, the seller does not feel like they should have to pay for the buyer's representation. Yes. Yeah. So what they're saying is the buyer should pay for their own representation. Fine. So that's basically what they want on. Now, even though it was all outlined, now here's the part that I can't even see how a a group of 12 people could not understand this. I'm assuming there was 12 jurors.
0: Well, because the argument made by the plaintiff
1: was better than the one made by the defendant. That's the reason. For tenant, landlord, or homeowner insurance policies, go to squareone.ca slash the Tom Story Show. Use the link in the description. Save $20 when you start your free quote right now. Obviously.
0: It was unanimous. Two hours and 28 minutes to make your decision. Their minds were made up.
1: Yeah. So did they think about it? I don't know. What I'm saying is this, cool, what's the solution? Because you know what? The day that's gone on, the day that lawsuit was won, guess how many more homes were sold in that exact same fashion? So are you going to then, so here's the problem with that whole lawsuit. It's still happening. Yep. The buyers are still, uh, buyers agents are still being compensated through the seller side, and here's what, dummy. Here's the part that everybody misses, you morons out there. And I'm, yes, I'm calling nice. you morons to be nice. If you think this is a, this lawsuit makes sense. Because guess what? Sure, the seller pays the fee. Of course they do. Guess whose money they pay the fee with, you idiot. They pay it with the purchase price. They pay it with the amount that the buyer is willing to pay. And if you don't think the buyer and the seller have all thought about this within the fee to make the transaction go together, why is it built in? Because this is the way we can make the transaction go together and to have people have representation, which is fine. Guess what? I have a solution to this. Buyers, sorry. Buyer beware. You're on your own. Write your own deals. No more buyer agency for anybody ever. That's that's the solution.
0: That's the path that this could lead to which is we take away representation i know but here's the thing halfway through this trial because the the big thing was that because we are getting into this was that even so so most mls it's like even with the flat fee stuff or whatever or the discount brokers you still had to offer like i think like one dollar commission
1: which is too much
0: but that was the issue is that you had you had to offer something i think that's what it all came down to even though it was a dollar you legally to use the MLS system. And, and I think the two biggest MLS systems in the States, one of them is called like Bright MLS. There's another one. I'm not as you know common with those names. Mm-hmm. They both now change that. So right away, it's changed. Now, I would assume most home selling in the States from this period to the end of the year will still offer a buyer's commission. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's not going to change right away. But long-term here, if this goes the, the way that they want it to go, yeah, buyers could be representing themselves. Yeah, and they'll be screwed. And, and the yeah, I mean at least if they're up against someone that knows what they're doing, they're gonna get taken to school because and it's not that's not the
1: other person being bad. That's the other and person literally and doing their job. Like you and I that can afford our own representation will be I mean, this is almost like um I just finished watching uh Better Call Saul, right? This is like you can go represent yourself. You can get the public defender, or you can hire a good defense team, just like you just said, right? And When you end up, you're going to push the people that cannot afford it, that we want to get into housing, that you want to get into housing, that I want to get into housing. We're going to push them to be unrepresented and get effed by every experienced agent that's representing their client, which is their job. Mm -hmm. So we are going to make the poorer poorer and we're going to take away the advantages that the current system has. The current system is not perfect. But what the current system does is it promotes fairness, and it helps finance the the representation. right? And what they're looking at, okay, so cool, you made that decision. You made that decision in a vacuum, and you did not say, is this still the best system? Because the answer is yes, currently it is still the best system. So if you just go, "Ah, you know, um, eating meat is bad, you're like, okay, cool. I'm gonna eat no meat. Cool. Now I have no vitamin B12 in my system. Now I'm gonna die of malnutrition. Steve so, only like, eats elk now. I mean, I look like I only eat elk today. <laughs> but like, this is a stupid decision because it is the best system, right? People are like, oh, capital uh, capitalism is is terrible. Sure, capitalism's terrible. Communism better? Mm. Not so far.
0: Mm. Well, no when you compare right? it
1: to that. Yeah, not so far. So you know what? It's the best system we currently have, and it's just so short-sighted. It's it's like saying, okay, let's prove a, a problem with democracy, and then as a result of democracy, let's just get rid of it because that one problem in democracy get out of here. You're it's a stupid, well, short-sighted thing.
0: I'll tell you, man. What. This is today. I'm actually this confused. is not the first we've heard of it. Uh, there will continue to be more news and updates on this, and we'll report on it when there is something worth talking about. But this was a day, this was a day in history in the real estate world that will be remembered. And we're going to see yeah. now how this plays out for everything else moving forward.
1: Um, and the public doesn't know and the public doesn't care and they'll only end up getting screwed in the future. And Some of the public I mean, the will solution, know. But, the I mean, solution this, to it is destroying the MLS. The, taking down the MLS, we just take it down and then we we pump all the money into sites like REW, Zillow, all those sites, we advertise our properties on our own and the buyers are on their own, right? That's that's the answer to fixing the problem. And it's a stupid answer. Because now, and I'm going to ask a question for you, um, because I was just a part of a, a BCREA focus group on buyer agency and mm-hmm. making buyer agency mandatory, which I'm not necessarily... Man, I got mixed thoughts on it. That would be another full hour. But my understanding is that RICO, where you are, just is implementing now designated agency.
0: Correct. So we have a new, uh, it's called Tressa, which is our new like governing. Uh, It's coming into effect officially on December the 1st. We're still doing full trainings on it at our brokerage to make sure that everybody's up to speed. Uh, We've been reviewing the new documents with our team. I couldn't go through it with you right now. like I haven't looked at that in depth, but that's something that we will have figured out very soon. Um, But yeah, it's going to be very, very, very clear if it was not already when you were signing a document
1: exactly what you were signing. But do you know, and this is, I just got this out of the, I don't even, haven't been Mm -hmm. following this at all. But so BC changed to designated agency a while back. So what happened was we had brokerage agency. So if you bought with my, with McDonald Realty Delta and another agent not associated to me uh, brought the buyer to my listing, we would still be limited dual agency you sure if they're now, at the same brokerage we remove if they're at the same brokerage okay so what bc did is they removed uh, that and they called it designated agency so now my team is limited dual agency only and then they removed that by the way so if indeed uh bc or if indeed ontario is doing designated agency you will have removal of limited dual agency very shortly and i was just on a call with a uh, montreal realtor last week and that's what uh quebec is doing i think as soon as now, like I, might, I think it's actually already in. Seems in like play. we're all we're all moving in that same direction. Like we we always copy what BC does. Just take we some be what time. What BC does because we really fixed the housing affordability issue here. Let me tell you, did we ever fix it? So um, you have, how is, is, that this no, no? is this your BC story? Is this your BC story? I will be in a
0: sec, but okay. how can you have? So you have uh, Let's not with it. the outcome that
1: this lawsuit would then put us in a position. So, but here's the thing. So the lawsuit says you can't enforce this. And the government is going, oh, no, we only want you to have buyer agents. We don't want you to be able to really represent yourself because you're going to get screwed. So you've got the courts saying, nope, screw the buyer. And then you have the govern- government going, wait, the buyers 50% of the population. We should probably protect them.
0: Mm.
1: Right? Nobody's talking. Left hand's not talking to the right. Well, well, we'll see if the outcome is the same in Canada as it was in the States. Um, you know, hopefully, Canada's more reasonable. The problem is they have 50 states, they're going to have right. 50 different opinions. Well, yeah. Right? And, and there, these lawsuits are now popping up awesome.
0: everywhere, right?
1: They're so popping up everywhere. BC Housing, Ravi, our good old buddy, is making like he is cutting through everything i can't even keep up with the amount of new legislation that's being brought
0: he's doing everything you said needed to be done to cut the red tape to build housing so do you have a problem with anything
1: come on i can't not complain about something (laughs) um i don't like it all um i I have still a massive problem with the parking and everything else um but yesterday's announcement was Get this, and I, this is very interesting. I don't know what I think about it yet. They have the BC government, so the provincial government has come out with uh, the f- three, four, and sixplex zoning. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't that was the announcement actually from last week. So the announcement was, if you live within a certain amount of transit, you get an immediate sixplex on a single family lot. Six if back. you everywhere else in the province. If you are uh, over a 3,000-square-foot lot and your city population is over 5,000 people, it's okay. an immediate fourplex. Immediate fourplex. Under 3,000-square-foot lot, so a 30 by 100. It's a huge, it's a huge lot in Toronto. <laughs> it's a tiny lot here. It's an immediate threeplex. Hmm. And the cities are not allowed to say otherwise. But here's what they did yesterday. Very interesting thought. They have designed a set of pre-approved house plans. Oh. So if you decide, and you're this size lot, that size lot, whatever, if you come to the BC government and you take these house plans, the city cannot say no to you.
0: You know what? Shout out to Ravi for actually doing something. You might not right. like everything he's doing.
1: I hate but, it. He yeah, well, should switch political parties. But he's, <laughs> but he's not just talk. He's doing it. He's doing it. There is something to be done now. I think this is going to destroy our neighborhoods. The Canada that I grew up in, the oh, 70s, Steve, careful. Steve, it's all gone. Like the Canadian dream within. The well, your
0: what you believe, what you believed was the
1: Canadian dream, is gone. Yeah. What, yes. What, what I your grew up version of the it Nineties is now toast. Hundred percent, it's gone. But um it is interesting now again parking issues all that stuff well also who's
0: who's just going to magically build a sixplex on their lot like this you know it's not going to happen right away some people will but in my
1: in the city of surrey where we have such a large individual building community i think it's going to happen gonna quicker happen. than you think now mm-hmm. this is all like here's the announcement it's in law probably now or next week or whenever um the cities have six months to comply seven months maybe um and then it's something like this will actually take effect like a year and a half from now let's call it but isn't that cool like okay so for instance if i fit this i can go to the city now i'm here's where here's where things change how cool do you think those building plans are going to be Oh, probably not not uh Because if if you're building, excuse me, if you're building, oh no, they're going to be boring and and blase and they're going to look like crap and whatever. But, and they're also going to likely be very equal. Yeah. So, what I think is better rather than a fourplex. So, they show actually showed pictures like, you know, it's a fourplex, like all in a cube together on top of each other, all these different options like coach home in the back, whatever. So, they have a big variety of them but if i'm thinking about like what i would like they're not pre prescribed right like i was just thinking about this. how cool would it be garages in the front uh, apartment a small apartment behind well you can still goes. apply to build that right it's just going to take can, a little bit can, longer right yeah. so two townhouses and then like a, a on the top floor maybe a third floor or a fourth floor uh, a full like kind of well, rancher you, style
0: but you're not going right? to knock down your house and build that
1: no, no, no. But I would totally, here's where I think my future could be. Okay. If I want to stay in the lower mainland, I want my kids in the in the lower mainland. You buy, I may a, lot. buy a lot. I may yeah. build this. I may build enough for both my kids. And this is obviously a dream. It's never going to really happen because my kids won't want to live with me. But like you maybe put each one of your kids in each side of like a townhouse. You have an apartment down below for extra income. You have me on top because that's where I always should be. Just like living up on the king of the castle. But like i wouldn't trust you on with, the top bunk maybe, i don't know maybe with an elevator uh whatever it is right like but but anyway that's besides the point what now what happens now is you can you go okay i have one of these i can go to the province and if i like this building plan it's just approved i don't have to go through any variances i don't have to go through a darn thing problem is I don't. here's know here's happen. where
0: i need to jump in here You tell me if this is me being a NIMBY, okay? There is a house. My parking is at a laneway at the back, okay? Mm -hmm. There is a laneway house directly across from me, and right beside it, they are building a new laneway house right now. Great. Great. Yeah. Great. Okay. I'm driving home yesterday from work. It gets dark at like 5 p.m. now. Your back alley's dark, by the way. I'm pulling into my alleyway, and I see this big-ass cement truck bar and cement fully blocking the entire alleyway like okay you know whatever they had to do that and then i peeked around the corner one of the construction workers parked in my parking spot didn't ask and i was like you need to move your car this is where i live he's like i can't move my car because the cement truck's plugged in over there and we're halfway through a job i'm like you parked in my parking spot you didn't just block my parking spot you parked in my spot and I was trying yeah. to be like reasonable. But I was like, "Where do you live? When you drive home tonight after your day of work, what if my car's just parked in your parking spot?" And I say, "I'm not moving it." How would you feel? So it's like I was very There's frustrated. No I was like, "I'm." You're way too nice yes, to I say did that. say that. I said it, and I'm more uh, hot about it now. Saying it again in the yeah. moment, I was like, "How would you like it if you showed up at home tonight and I was parked in your parking spot in your house?" You didn't ask me. You didn't come knock on my door. My wife was home today. You could have asked us permission. You said nothing. So I said I'm going to go park my car over there. I don't have a permit for the street cuz I park back here. If I get a parking ticket, I'm going to come give it to you. And then I walk out later and I just look at him. I'm like, "Hey, okay, time to move." No no sorry, no nothing.
1: Yeah. So that this bi- is That why pissed me off. You're becoming an, oh, this is you're like great, gonna right? graduate into an old man. I you're like it's a you're like a blooming old man right now, just coming out just a little bit out of the top of the the rosebud there. Listen. Here's what you're going to do and you're going to look like a NIMBY. Right. You're going to go now buy on Amazon. You'll probably buy it on Amazon rather than go to Canadian Tire like a good Canadian, but you're going to go buy like private parking signs and put them on that big huge fence you got, you know, what? and you're going to let it know be known that no, this is my parking. Can I tell you what I what I had
0: a conversation yesterday so we drove up to the cottage last night and we parked one car in in, in the back, we have one car on the street with a permit. I said to my wife i'm like let's move your car into the back tomorrow just because i don't want them to think they can park there again even if even if we could leave it on the street
1: hmm. so anyway don't park in your regular spots anyway but anyway yeah it was anyway i don't know man it was um
0: so that's this the thing all, so here's a the thing issue. all this building's going to happen it's going to be great but yeah. but your neighbors are not going to like it, but who cares? Because so like I, so this is the first time actually I've ever found myself on the other side of the argument. Mm-hmm. And it's not the person's fault for building the laneway house. That will be good long-term
1: for housing in Toronto.
0: Although if you see what laneway house rent for in Toronto, it ain't affordable housing, but
1: is that laneway house have a garage underneath and then it's on top of the house yes. or yes. Okay. Yes. Well, yeah. At least they keep the parking. Yeah. They kept the parking. Um, But that's the other thing they're doing, right? Like they're starting to let, I think they did this in Edmonton. They're starting to let the developers decide whether or not they're going to have parking or not. And they're going to let the market decide whether or not they can sell units with parking or not parking.
0: This episode of the Tom Story Show is sponsored by Carish Real Properties. Here's the deal if you're moving to Fraser Value, oh my God, here's the deal. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's see if you can at least get this right, Tom, because you've screwed it up so many times before. Fraser? Say it with me. Fraser. 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 Valley. Fraser. Okay, yep. Fraser. pick it up from there. Fraser Valley. Fraser
0: Valley. Fra- Fraser. No. No. Fraser. Fraser Valley. Rick just Fraser. say Surrey. If you're moving to Surrey, there's one person that you need to call, and it just so happens to be my podcast co-host. Now, I am. I make lots of jokes at Steve's expense during the podcast. But but the reality is, if I was moving to Surrey or the surrounding areas, I would call him because they're really damn good at what they do. They understand the market. And I know whether you're buying tomorrow or you're going to buy in two years, they will be with you until the end of the transaction. They know what they're talking about. They have experience. Even though Steve looks old, he's not actually that old. So he's still kind of hip, right? He still kind of knows what's going on. But I have personally referred my clients when they're moving out there to Steve and his team, and they've always done an amazing job and rolled out the red carpet for them. Now, Steve, I know it's weird that you're even here as I'm doing this ad read, but if someone were to be moving to your area, how could they connect with you?
1: Uh, Super simple. You can go into the show notes, uh, book a call with me right now using the link in the description of this show. Uh, Pick a time that works best for you. Set up a call, either a buyer consultation a seller consultation or tom Story's line if you just want to have a chat about real estate you can do that too using the link in the description below Yeah. And I know uh,
0: from personal experience with my clients, you know, connecting with Steve is that it's it's a no pressure situation. You're just going to be educated. And when you're ready to make that decision, they will be there to guide you through it. Also, if you are a real estate agent that listens to our show and you have clients moving out to the West Coast of Canada, connect with Steve first and see if they can be of assistance. You can go into the first link in the description
1: and book that call with Steve directly as well. Thank you. And now back to the show. Wait, Tom, you forgot one thing. This communication is not intended to cause or induce breach of any agency agreement. agreement. Existing agency agreement? I think I got it right. Well, I know here, it would all be no parking if they could. They could choose, yeah. But there's no no expanding of transit and all that stuff. So the issues are going to get, I mean, it would be no problem. It's no problem. You go to New York. Have you been to New York? It's fantastic. Subway goes absolutely everywhere. Subway goes anywhere you want to go trains buses taxis everywhere you want to go and you can live like that but if you fail also to i wonder when the housing crisis is going to end and then we're going to get into the transit crisis it's coming. When's that going to happen
0: it's already here the transit crisis is already here
1: yeah what do you guys have like 17 different trains that
0: all don't run i don't know i refuse to use it unless i absolutely have to because it's going to be
1: a way but that's because here. it's such a pain in the butt
0: well, it's also because I, I have a car, so I choose to use my car. But if I didn't have the availability to pay for car payments, then I'd have to use it. So it just
1: depends on where you at. But if there was a train at. that went from three blocks to your house to immediately downtown to your office... Oh, I would take it. I would take it. You would take it. Of course. 100% you would take it. Well, if I so, felt safe on it... I feel like I'm short here. Am I short?
0: get back up here. Um, there is a clip I need to show you. Oh, Okay are we going to try technology here? We're gonna, Let's this, hope this, this works. This could fail miserably. Um, but you'll hear the audio. If you're watching on YouTube, hopefully you'll see the video. Um, this is from a really, really great podcast. It's like a top ranked podcast called diary of a CEO. I think the host does an amazing been job. Told by
1: many people to listen to this. I've never experienced it. I
0: actually, I don't really listen to other podcasts other than Smartless. I'll listen to in my car. Cause I get, I think it's funny. Um, but this one's the one I've started, because he interviews a lot of like sports personalities and soccer players. I like listening to those episodes. But he had somebody on recently, and, and full disclosure, me and Steve have not watched this episode. This just kept showing up in my YouTube feed, and I got some clips from it. And he had someone on talking about, basically, if you buy a house because you think it's a good investment, well, you're an idiot. But let's see what he said.
1: If we just think about investing then in terms of, is buying a house a good financial investment? Listen, everyone can buy a house. So the returns there aren't going to be huge. Yeah. Go find a game that like only you can play, yes. you'll get bigger returns. If you're buying a house
0: because you think it's going to be a good financial investment, stop. Even if it turns out in hindsight that it was, it doesn't matter. I think these are just purely lifestyle decisions. If, if money is coming into the equation, like stop right there. This is, it should not do it. You're doing it for very different reasons. This is not an investment.
1: People, people buy houses because they think that they're making loads of money. from Because it. there have been
0: periods in time in which people have made loads of money. Historically, Like that's the anomaly. Historically, in the US and the UK, housing prices adjusted for inflation go nowhere. It's just been the last 20 or 30 years that there's this very brief window of time that owning a house was a great investment. So, Robert Schiller won the Nobel Prize about a decade ago. Okay. So, a few things he said. A few mm-hmm. things he said are true by the way actually i'm I'm not going to argue with everything he said
1: mm-hmm.
0: okay what I want your initial thoughts you want of the argument yeah, so what are your initial thoughts to hearing that
1: uh I would agree with most of what was said Agreed. one, you should buy a home not based on finances. you should buy a home based on need, so I understand that mm hmm Um, I saw a little, I actually saw that clip before I saw it on a little slightly different, took a different take on it and it took, it was talking about how you should invest your money instead of buying your own home, which I think is a stupid statement, right? Um, does the housing market adjust for inflation? Um, I would say in the States, generally Mm -hmm. speaking, yes, because there's way more housing, more areas right it's above inflation here it's always above inflation 6.6 percent 6. has not been historical inflation agreed yep um so you should never make it off of a financial um am
0: i starting and, and i don't know who this guy is exactly or what he does or what what he sells or why he's so against housing there could be many reasons for it i'm not he's not against him. Housing.
1: i don't think he said he's against housing at okay. all that's just what the people repurposing that clip want okay. you to believe
0: so great so great Now, here's the one, the only thing, because actually, I think most people think we would disagree with that. I don't disagree with most of what he said there. The only thing I think is funny is it's basically like saying, he's like, like, housing's not a good investment other than the last 30 years. It's never been a good investment other than the last 30 years. It's like basically saying the Patriots were not a good football team other than that time when they won six Super Bowls in 10 years. But let's just forget about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like, well. But that's also BS because when I look back at... But who cares um, about my, the
0: price going up? If you pay down your mortgage and then you own an asset and then you can...
1: <clears throat> so that may be just his market and his experience, right. but for my market and my experience, that statement that housing uh, only went up in the last 20 years or 30 years or whatever it is, it's is not a lie. It is yeah. just simply not true. So the city well, of he Vancouver... Didn't, he didn't say Canada, to be fair. He said UK and US. He did, he, correct. So, but our audience, I mean, I don't think his audience is watching too much of uh, us here. So let's say for instance that like there's a lot of people that say well from let's call it 1980 whatever um one two whatever interest rates have come down and that's why house prices have gone up cool let me tell you this story not 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 incorrect at the rate they've gone up at now let me finish tom's story i know your name's on the show but i'm I'm hot today my grandfather i don't know what year it was i want to say let's say 1960 let's use the year it's within two years on either side of that bought a house in vancouver um in shaughnessy which is one of the nicest areas and he bought that house for i want to say twenty eight thousand dollars, 28 5 something like that if you're a hardcore listener of this show you know steve's about to say he lived in the basement and rented out the upstairs but i don't think that's where you're going with this That's not where I'm going with that. It is true. His family lived downstairs because housing was expensive. Then he rented out the upstairs two floors. But let's not talk about that now. What he did, though, is he sold that property in the very early 80s. Okay. So by that logic, it should only go up 2%, 1% per year, 3%, whatever inflation was. I don't know what inflation was. Maybe I'm talking out of my ass right now. He sold that house for over $200,000. Right? Mm -hmm. So... It went up, better part. Let's call it nine or ten times, from sixty to eighty, right? In value. Now, because I, you sent me that clip earlier, and you said, "Hey, I want to talk about this." I looked up that street. Okay. Now, okay. The, the the active listings on his block where he lived are six six million dollar listings right now.
0: Well, that's so that's the-
1: where he's. Six million,
0: not the same houses were six million, but probably the land and then they built new houses on on that property, right?
1: I don't know. Some of them are old houses still, like like hundred-year-old. I mean six five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand okay. square foot lots okay. in Shaughnessy in Vancouver is like okay. It's it's some of the best, right? But a NIMBYism even goes back to back then. I'll tell you another story about the Lionsgate Bridge sometime, but so they did now the growth that they've seen obviously yes it's been inflated but to say that real estate doesn't go up over time and it's not a great investment now here's where i wanted to go with this because when you sent me that you actually originally sent me that off of another channel because it's been that's been clipped up quite a bit now i've seen it too and it was that channel was trying to say you should invest your money rather than buy a house mm. that is where we need to stop the lies to people that you're going to become Warren Buffett with your investments. You're not. You're also not going to invest in your business and become Elon Musk. Let's say Elon Musk can become Elon Musk. Wayne Gretzky can become Wayne Gretzky. The other rest of us are sitting here and we quit uh, House League at 13 years old, right? What
0: I got just absolutely torn apart online for, which we've talked about on this show, is when I said that a lot of Canadians have become wealthy by mistake by owning real estate, which I still stand by. I think what you're trying to say, Steve, is not don't invest, not don't start your own business. What you're trying to say is the chances of becoming wealthy by mistake are easier in real estate than they are in investing or starting your own business. Is that
1: fair? What I'm saying is that for the overwhelming majority of people, and let's call it the 99% for sure. Okay, They will be better off when they retire. If they buy a home, they pay it down, they live in it, and then the retirement years, they'll be able to still survive and not be homeless. As opposed to the dream that I'm going to invest in this certain way and I'm going to get this much out of the S&P and that's going to pay for this. And then I can afford to Why can't to you this do both? Money. Why can't you do both? You should do both. You 100% should do both. But let's simplify. I'm a simple person pay down your house it will be worth x amount that is the easiest path and is the path that will not let you end up being screwed in the future when we do end up with let's look at my retirement let's say 25 years from now am i still going to be working i'll probably be retired in 20 if everything goes well what happens if we do end up with those extra uh doubling of population right let, let's say we double our population, which is what we're on track for within 25 years. What happens to rent when I need to pay rent there with my S&P 500 money? Well,
0: I've noticed that there's actually been some comments on our videos from people that are in that age range that have kind of said they agreed with you because they're in those situations now. Mm-hmm. Where they didn't buy the house, they kept renting because they had really good rent control. I don't know if they were investing in other things during that period of time, but now they're trying to do something and they're like, oh my God, this is insane. And CPP certainly ain't going to afford it, right? Um, I just want to acknowledge that Steve is a conservative person. I'm not talking about politically, even though maybe he is, well, or more, more recently, <laughs> but- conservative finances were like that advice. I don't disagree with for, for a general mm-hmm. part of the population, but there are still many people that should take a chance on, on building their own business and don't let uncle Steve with the mustache, st- you know, talk you out of doing something you're good and you're not just passionate about, but you're no, good but the at way
1: that, the way that the way that clip is being presented online for
0: that is, clip specifically. I understand what you're saying.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. The, but the way it's being presented online is, Hey, come on our team. And I guess I got the team on the other side. But come on our team and just invest with us. And we'll all invest and we'll laugh at all these guys who have their paid off houses later on. And I'm telling you, that will damage more Canadians than it will help. Mm. Because there's a whole lot of guys that are going to panic sell at the wrong time when the market dips and all this different stuff. And it is, generally speaking, I I think it get. I should probably watch the entire podcast to understand what's really going on. But there, if my mortgage or mortgage advisor, my financial advisor, always says one thing, he's like, "House paid off in retirement." That's it, man. That's got to be your goal because you can CPP your food. House paid off in retirement. If you gotta right now pay for an average two bedroom condo in my market. $2,800 a month right now, That's 45 minutes the, outside of the downtown core, and it's you're like 3, living on. CPP. You got CPP. That's what you got. And let's face it, none of those people that didn't buy, l- let's not kid ourselves. They're not sitting on $4 million worth of SP right now. 1% of them are, but sure. Yeah, 1% yeah. of them are, maybe. But they're not. They're not sitting on that. So yeah. let's.
0: Let's just I'm riled up in here. a bunch of different ways today. So here's the recap of today's episode St. Lucia. No, I, want, I want to say one it. more thing. I want to say one more thing. Fine.
1: <laughs> Show me. Show me. Prove me wrong. Who? Anyone. Prove me wrong. Show me that, let's say, for instance, anyone I know that's over 65 right now that bought a home in the 80s, they're fine. Now show me the flood of people who rented since the '80s and their net worths. Show me. I don't you think know. many people would argue with you on that. Exactly my point. Stop trying to think you're Elon Musk. You're not.
0: Okay. Well, real estate What's commissions. airline man. Don't worry about it. See if you look it's great. Good morning. away. Um, it's coming down. Real estate here. commissions. <laughs> it's coming. Mustache. Saint Lucia's beautiful. Saint Lucia's beautiful. Real estate Some commissions uh, may be changing. I still. I certainly cannot golf. Um, you can, put a, you can get a six-pack in BC, but it's not what you think. Um, it, Ravi's changing all the rules around, and he's cutting red tape. But people might be parking in your parking spots, and they're not going to care about it. And you're going to have to deal with that. And you're going to become a slight nimby, even though you don't want to become that. Um, and uh, don't buy a house only if you think it's going to go up in value. That I would 100% agree with. From, agree. Uh, from Totally agree with that statement. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. We will see you next week. Bye.